This is Bob Ambrogi, and welcome to This Week in Legal Blogging, presented by LexBlog. LexBlog is home to the world's largest community of legal bloggers, and is the industry-leading provider of professional blogs and turnkey digital publishing solutions to lawyers and to the world's largest law firms for more than 16 years. This is the 35th episode of This Week in Legal Blogging. Uh, you can check out all of our past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm very happy to welcome to today's show, David Staus, partner at Hush Blackwell, uh, where he concentrates on complex litigation and commercial, uh, complex business and commercial litigation, and in particular on privacy and data security. Uh, and where he serves as the editor of the blog Byte Back, and that is B-Y-T-E Back, which you can find at bitebacklaw.com. David, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for doing this. And uh, can we just start by, uh, let me ask you to, if you could just tell us about your practice and what you do before we get to the blog. Yeah, sure. Great question. Um, you know, and with respect to the blog, right, probably uh, in particular worth discussing just my privacy and cybersecurity practice. So I uh, do, a, do a substantial amount of my work in the privacy and cybersecurity space, which is obviously something that's been exploding in the last few years. Um, and that can range anywhere from doing things like uh, compliance with the California Consumer Privacy Act or GDPR in Europe, um, any emerging privacy statute that we're getting, obviously Virginia just passed a law uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, and you know, data breach responses, those those are the like. So anything really privacy and cybersecurity based, we're we're doing a lot of that over um, in my practice. Your blog bite back. Uh, uh, tell us about the blog, and and uh, you know you've already kind of touched on it, but tell us about the blog and the focus of the blog. So, like you said, it's uh, bitebacklaw.com, and it is the it's the privacy and cybersecurity blog for for my law firm Hush Blackwell. Um, and so, uh, I you know just in general terms, our, our focus has been um, U.S. based pr- primarily. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously we, we talked we we wrote. Some would say obnoxiously so on the California Consumer Privacy Act when it was coming in, but there was just you know so many developments that we we tended to focus a lot on the on the CCPA, and then tracking you know the Washington Privacy Act in the last two years, which which did not pass, but it's the third time is the charm, as they say, and it's pending in the legislature now. Uh, we also talk and, and have talked in the last more so in the last few months on GDPR issues, um, the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation. And other things that have popped up as well, like you know, Brazil enacted a privacy law. So we've done pieces on Brazil's privacy law. Those are sort of the core um, aspects of the blog. And then we also have uh, other contributors who like to you know, focus on other things like the New York Shield Act, or we had a recent piece on uh, something that the uh, New York Division of Financial uh, Services did recently in the insurance space. So I would say, you know, our core readership are, you know, U.S. in-house counsel or U.S. privacy professionals, U.S. information security professionals who, you know, GDPR is relevant to them. Um, but really, U.S. privacy law is, is is our predominant focus with that U.S. sort of bend on other laws. So, for example, you will see a piece that will say things like, you know, the, you know, the implications of this that happened overseas on U.S. entities, right? Um, so always the prism of, of looking at it from a U.S. entity. 
all news is local, they say, right? Bring it, bring it back to the United States. <laughs> and you, how long have you been uh, involved with the blog? I think you you joined Hush Black on twenty nineteen. If if your LinkedIn profile is is correct, so. it is. It is uh, January. Uh, sorry, February fifteenth, uh, twenty nineteen. I joined Hush Blackwell. Um, so it's been you know two years, one month, two days. I guess to be exact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was sort of you know. Yeah, but who's counting, right? And, you know, the, the what's interesting, and, and I, we can kind of get into it, though, is, um, you know, my prior firm, we had just started a privacy blog uh, before before I transitioned to Hush Blackwell and was writing on that blog and came over to Hush. And, yeah, really sort of, it, it was something that's important to my practice. It's important to, to what I do on a regular basis. And so I think, you know, it was logical that I would... Um, jump in and want want to start writing um, extensively on, on Hush's blog. Yeah. So you weren't new to it. You had been writing for a blog before. And- for, yeah. I have to check my, my calendar. I think probably about a year, my old firm had rolled out on Lexblog, uh, a blog on uh, you know privacy space. We were doing at the time, we were doing lots of like client alerts, right? Like email client alerts on right. things that had happened. Yeah. I think the thought process was, I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, right? You, you push out a client alert. Um, but that's just one-offs, right? If you have a blog that's a location people can go to that you can do things on, right? So we like to do things like advertise webinars that we're going to do or have static content on the blog. That's not just the written pieces that we push out, but it's other stuff as well, using like the widgets and the, and the sidebars and the like. Yeah. So about a year, to, answer your, to actually answer your question though, for once, uh, about a year before I, I switched firms, uh, we started blogging. Yeah. For this blog, you are you're the editor of it. You're not the only author of it. Uh, so, what does that mean? How do how do you how do those roles play out? What is your role as editor, and who else contributes to it? How do you coordinate all that? Yeah, so uh, we we got a nice bench of people who contribute. Um, you know, Malia Rogers, another attorney in my firm, who's written a lot on it. Um, Shelby Dolan is an attorney who's who we recently hired, who's starting to write more and more pieces. You'll see her name. And then uh, Eric DeLay, who's in the cybersecurity space as well. Eric tends to write um, articles on it as well. There's other authors as well, but I'd say those are are, are sort of like the core people um, who are pushing out content. Um, as far as how do we do it, it's, it's really kind of an interesting question there because um, I think I'm kind of passionate in the idea that if you were going to have a blog, it's kind of like a radio station, right? Uh, and so... Um, the point being is, you know, if I go and turn on, you know, the old, uh, the, the, the rock and roll station on my radio and I get, you know, uh, Justin Bieber, uh, comes through nothing wrong with Justin Bieber, but I wasn't expecting Justin Bieber. Right. I was expecting rock and roll. Right. And so I kind of take that and apply it to blogging, which is we got to know what we are. We got to know why people are, are interested in reading what we've got to write. Um, and so we do have some editorial standards around, you know, content and, you know, what it should look like. And that's kind of hard in this privacy space to always be, be exact on. But we say, you know, is it relevant to this blog? Is it relevant to our readership? Or are we just talking about something that's kind of out of left field? Um, we have an editorial process that we go through um, as far as, you know, if you have an idea and the idea should be approved, we have to do a conflict check, make sure that we're not saying something about one of our clients, um, that would be adverse to them. And then an editorial process as well. And sometimes that kind of depends upon the article itself. Um, if it's something I'm pushing out, I like to do a lot of like breaking news types of article articles, 
Um, and you know, those, those require being nimble and being quick. And so those will go through something different than say, you know, one of these 2,500 word pieces that I'll push out on something really dense, you know, that I work on for, for a few weeks, right. As opposed to a few hours. You know, you've, you've uh, talked a couple of times about, uh, your readers and, and who they are, who your audience is, uh, how- how do you know that? One of the difficulties of blogging is always knowing just who it is who is reading your blog. Uh, so it, how do you get a sense of, of who it is uh, that you're engaging with through your blog? Yeah. So, and I say too, it's, it's kind of relevant to, to answer your question is um, blogging is one piece of kind of like the puzzle about how I talk to clients and potential clients. So we also do webinars on a regular basis, which is very important. So I think we get a very good sense about who are the people who are reading what we have to write uh, and who are listening to our webinars because, you know, we see people who, who RSVP um, look at that. And I try to use that as well to try to educate um, what we talk about, right? If, for example, if you see a bunch of financial institutions um, that are attending your webinars or are um, reading your blogs and subscribing to your blogs, then we should talk about that as part of our you know, we had we had slides on that in our last webinar. So I say, I know you guys want to know this. And I know I'm going to get a bunch of questions afterwards if I don't answer this question. Right. So here's how it'll impact financial institutions. So I'd say like looking at, you know, subscribers and being cognizant of that. And obviously when you get, you know, into the thousands of subscribers, it's kind of hard to do. Uh, but I think getting a general sense of and I don't do like I don't sit there and do any like research on people or anything along those lines. Uh, but I, I typically like to get a feel for. Yeah, what industries are we are we touching? Who's got an interest in this? And then can we try to tailor our content that makes it more relevant to those industries? You never want to be talking to yourself. I mean, that's the worst thing you can possibly do has is that zero ROI on these types of efforts, right? So, so how do you you alluded to the fact that you have developed kind of editorial standards around what goes on the blog? How do those standards inform how you write your blog posts? So a good example would be, um, you know, topics, right? So flag a topic, get it to me. If you're somebody else, um, let me make sure it makes sense on this blog. Maybe maybe it does. It's great. If it doesn't, um, then maybe there's a different blog at a law firm that we can push it on, right? We try to push out content. We try to encourage writing, not discourage writing, right? But it just might be a different format or a place for you to push it out on. Um, there could be instances as well where people are really interested in a topic, but maybe they don't have that depth of expertise or trying to develop that expertise. So we try to couple people with, uh, if that's the case, we try to couple people with maybe somebody who's in that space who doesn't have time to write the extensive blog post, but has subject matter expertise, right, um, on that. And I'd say that that's kind of rare that that happens, but it's, it's still something that we do as our process. For my purposes, one thing that I like to do, I think it distinguishes our blog against other blogs, although I've never done you know, full check on it, but I have every piece that we do has something called a key point at the top. It's a bold and italicized key point. What I say to people is if you can't say in one sentence why somebody would read your blog piece, don't write it, <laughs> right? And so the key point at the top is basically saying to our readership, and again, we're trying to be responsive, uh, responsive to our readership, is why should you read this blog piece? Why should you get past the first sentence? And I think that's part of really why you know, I think it resonates with people we write to. And it's also something, if you look, when LexBlog pushes out the emails, it pushes out the, 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 sub, the title and the, basically the first sentence and maybe some of the second sentence, right? So if you are looking at our emails that come out and you look at it and you open it up, you can tell whether or not you want to read that to begin with, right? 
So I'd say those are really, you know, the core pieces of what we do. Obviously, you know, editorial standards, I'll read anything before it goes up on the blog, um, make sure that it, it makes sense and um, defer to others as well. And we have, we have people within the firm who have editorial um, roles as well within the firm. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that key point. Uh, I was going to ask you about that if you if you hadn't brought it up. I think it's a great feature. <laughs> I, and, you know, it, it's funny because we, we've talked on this on this podcast before about uh, how some sometimes lawyers like to be sort of clever with their headlines and even their kind of opening paragraphs. So it can take you sometimes a, a few minutes to get into a post before you even know what they're what it's about, uh, and personally, I hate that. <laughs> I mean, I like to know what a post is about right up front because I want to know whether I'm going to invest my time in, in reading it. Um, so I, I think that's that's really a great feature. I, I wonder how that plays out in Google searches as well. I mean, you mentioned Lexblog pushing that out, but uh, if if one of your posts comes up in a Google search, I assume that's right up there in the search results as well. Yeah, it's a great question. I haven't I haven't looked at it. I, I, I would hope, I mean, we do a lot with the SEO, right, that Lexblog has as well. I, I'd hope that that kind of factors into it as well. So, You uh, talked about the fact that you, uh, you know, there's a, I think you mentioned there's a, a newer associate who's been contributing more, more to the blog. Uh, you know, what other kind of advice do you give somebody who's just starting to write for the blog about how to write a blog post and, and what, what makes it effective, what, how it gets read? Is there anything else? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, it depends upon, I mean, we, I, I always try to talk with people about ROI, right? Which in my mind is like, what's the, what's the purpose of this piece? Right. And you mentioned it before, which is why would somebody who's busy and has a lot going on in life, read the blog post, right? What value would it bring to them? Right. Um, and if you focus on that, then I think a lot of the other pieces kind of fall into place. Right. This isn't law journal articles that we're writing. I mean, some of the things that we write are going to be in depth. I mean, I've written twenty five hundred or three thousand word pieces. Right. When the subject matter dictates it. Right. If something comes out of of Europe that is a 40 page document, it just may take me twenty five hundred words to explain it to the readers. But I think what we're trying to do ultimately, right, is bring value to our clients and our potential clients is we've looked at something. We've thought really hard about it. And this is what you need to know about it. Right. Or client, potential client, this just happened, right? The attorney general's office just issued regulations, right? But I know that you have limited time. So let me tell you the three things that really matter to you out of this, because I know you're not going to sit there reading, you know, all of these regulations, but I can distill this down to you in 500 words. So that's the goal, right? I mean, that's the goal when we talk about, um, and I think we too, we talk, I, I try to talk about junior associates about like developing, expertise, which we haven't quite talked upon yet, right, is is using this as a format to begin to develop your biography as an attorney, right, to be able to distinguish yourself as someone who has expertise in the eyes of your peers and of people who would potentially hire you for your expertise. I mean, you know, five, six years ago, maybe longer, but, you know, in that type of space, these types of, this type of blogging, I don't think was as prevalent as it is today. And to get yourself the, the writing credits that you had to get when I was a junior lawyer, at least, you had to do things like, you know, write articles that appeared in periodicals or those types of things. Right. And it took a long time to develop a resume. Right. Now you can really dig in. And if you want to put the time and effort in, you can develop an area by through blogging, which has a different feel and a different, you know, different people you mentioned before, like some people have 
relay headlines in different ways, right? Like catchy headlines. I'm not very good yeah. at catchy headlines, right? I don't, <laughs> I just, I just, I just say what it is. Right. And that's a but, good thing, but <laughs> well, you, you know, I just, I just, you know, I'm not clever enough, right. As opposed to the issue, right. To, to come up with something. Um, and you know, but I, I think it's, I think, you know, we talk about junior associates. I, what I try to tell them is I just had this conversation with an associate yesterday where I said, if you sat down and you thought like the CCPA, for example, it's going to, it's going to be revised in, in 2023. If you sat down and you picked one aspect of the CPRA, that new, that new version of statute. And over the next, you know, 18 months, if you just wrote one a month, not one, one piece, 500 words a month of, of a section of the CPRA, a blog post, your readers would love it. And you would be looked at as a subject matter expert. Right. And like, that's an hour of your life, maybe an hour and a half every, every month. Right. That's, that is, you know, what I, we try to encourage younger associates to do, whether, whether they do it is a different story, <laughs> but it's certainly what we try to encourage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I think that's such an important point about the contrast between what you used to have to do uh, in order to build up that kind of uh, subject matter, that, that reputation of the subject matter expertise. And, and not only were you having to put it into periodicals, but you were, Con- competing in those periodicals for limited limited real estate. I mean, you know, they might have one article, an issue on uh, on privacy, uh, and uh, uh, if you weren't the author selected for that one article and that one issue, uh, who knows when you'd get in there? So with a blog, you know, you can you basically control your destiny, I guess, uh, in terms of getting this stuff published. How do you, you know, you're uh, you you have. Uh, a, a practice, uh, it, you're, you know, blogging isn't your livelihood. You have a law practice. How do you uh, balance the time uh, that it takes to uh, research topics and keep up with the news and write blog posts and work with others who are writing blog posts and do your law practice? Uh, yeah, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's a lot of nights and weekends, <laughs> right? It's just it's a lot of nights and weekends. So I think what you have to recognize, what you have to, what you have to assure yourself of, and what you have to be comfortable with is that what you're doing with respect to blogging is is relevant to your practice, and it's relevant to your clients, and it's relevant to, I mean, frankly, developing business. Right. Um, some of the some of the way I look at this is is with is privacy. Right. Things are happening at a rapid pace. Um, the CPO, the CCPA regulations were coming out. They were drafted, then they were redrafted, then they were redrafted again, and then they were finalized, right? I'm reading them anyway. I'm reading them, right? And I'm analyzing them anyway. So what's the incremental cost of writing a blog post on them, right? And going through that process of writing a blog post makes me understand them a heck of a lot better than if I just read them, right? I've got to work with the material. I've got to connect dots, those types of things. So in some respects, that's stuff I would be doing anyway, right? It just, you know, fits into that. Um, you mentioned the state privacy law pieces. So what I've been doing uh, with, with Malia and with Shelby with the past three weeks, and we'll try to continue doing it, is we've been tracking all of these state bills. And then once a week, we've been pushing out an article that um, is the update, right? This, this all just happened. Um, that's weekends, to be honest with you. That's three or four hours of my weekend that's spent, you know, Looking at the bills, we're tracking it during the week and those types of things. So I, I think the I think the issue is, frankly, is yeah. I mean, it's it's it, like many things in life, you're going to get out what you put into it, 
And if the idea is you're going to spend one hour blogging a month, you're probably not going to get much out of it. Uh, but if you're willing to put the time and the effort in to try to develop something, I think, I think you know, the firms that do that, I mean, you, you know, you could, you could write off the law firms that have fantastic blogs, especially in the privacy space. I could, I could give you plenty of names, right, of my competitors who I look up to in this space. Um, and it just ends up being you're just going to have to put the time and the effort into it and balance that against your work life. Yeah, and I assume I I know that your firm has a number of blogs, not not only this one. So I assume assume your your firm uh, respects the 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 value of, of that time uh, in some way and is supportive of your blogging. Yeah, that's that's exactly exactly. So you said, uh, as you said, there is a a marketing, business development, whatever you want to call it, component to blogging. Um, have you seen, are you able to point to any sort of tangible uh, connection between uh, business coming in and, and, and blogging at the firm? This is what I'll say. This is what I'll say, right? I think like many things in the legal business development community, right, is if you do one thing in isolation, uh, your chances go down substantially of developing business, Right. Right. I think what you need to be able to do is you need to be able to do a lot of things. And from a lot of things that you do, uh, you will have in your mind, and this has happened in my practice, I'll have in my mind, if I do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to get this client in particular, right? I've never gotten that client in particular, but somewhere along the way, I've gotten other clients <laughs> that that those efforts have kind of paid off on, right? So I mentioned before, I mean, I, I look at blogging as a very, very important piece of the puzzle of what we do. I look at webinars as a very important piece of the puzzle of what we do. And they go hand in glove, right? Those two go hand in glove. And there's also other things that we do with you know, clients. I mean, you know, just, just the way we interact with them and we try to bring value to them that they don't have to pay for at the end of uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the day. Um, but yes, but blogging has, I can say w- without a doubt that the efforts on the blog and the time spent invested on the blog, the subject matter expertise that you garner from that, if you, if it, there has been a payoff, there's, there's no doubt about it. Right. So I think what, I, what I'm hearing you say is that while you can't necessarily point to somebody calling you up and saying, I read your blog post and therefore I want to hire you. But uh, what you're saying is that through the combination of these efforts, we blogging and webinars and, and other activities, um, those, uh, those those lead to perhaps higher visibility uh, or or uh, connections or, or something else that, that could lead to business. I, I have absolutely no doubt that there's a, there's a one-to-one on the, the development. But what I should say too is because I don't want to, I think I think one of and this is you know assuming like our audience is uh, listening to this would be like junior associates some of that trying to trying to do like what I can tell you is if you do one thing in isolation it's it's the, the chances go way down I, and I think people get wrapped up in this idea of like hey they heard a story of some guy one day who got wrote an article and got you know a five million dollar client right those unicorn type stories right and I, and it, that hasn't been my experience my experience is I work tirelessly at developing my craft, at developing my expertise. And from all that, people people look and they say, I think this guy might know what he's talking about. <laughs> right? Which is which is the and that's and that's part of the larger piece of the puzzle. But but yeah, I mean I, I think if I sat down and went through emails, I'd I'd be able to find I'd absolutely be able to find clients who were I, I know clients read the blog. I mean I have clients forward me to blog posts all the time saying like we got to talk about this or those types of things. Um, which is another aspect too we, we didn't quite talk about, which is 
Yeah, business film is one of those types of things, but it's also kind of very useful. And I have all my clients subscribe to the blog because I tell them is like, this is my way of talking to you, right? Uh, and this is your value add of, 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 you know, having myself as an attorney, right? It's like, I'm going to talk to you on a regular basis. And yeah, I'm going to talk to the world because anybody can subscribe, but I'm going to talk to you about, you know, things I think that are relevant to your area. And, you know, then we can talk about it. Right. But you'll get like the first hour free almost <laughs> right? of yeah, flagging that yeah. concept for you. Yeah. You so, know? And, so did they talk back when you talk to them that way? I mean, do you get do you get a conversation going around issues you write about ever or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, uh, I've absolutely had clients flag things and say, hey, let's let's chat about this. Right. Um, forward forward blogs and say, you know, hey, I was just looking at this. Can I grab time with you later today? Those types of things, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I think, you know, again, it's, and I don't sound like a broken record, like it's part of a larger, what you know, for lack of a better phrase, like client service experience that I think we try to bring to bear, right? Which is just a lot of like information and, you know, like we do those webinars and it's basically like, let's, let's talk to you about this law. Let's talk to you how it's relevant to you. And we know we got thousands of people listening. Right. Um, but we're also talking to our client base and expect that they're getting value out of that. Same thing with the blogs. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been doing this blog for a couple of years now, I guess uh, you were mm -hmm. doing the other blog for a year or so, at least before that. Uh, are there other things you've learned about, blogging, we've talked about writing style and, and, and uh, you know, knowing, knowing your topic and your audience, uh, other, other, other lessons you've picked up along the way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we mentioned a key point one, which that's, that's kind of been a big one. It's, you know, somebody, uh, Stephanie Dorsum from my firm was the one who came up with that one of our marketing people and said like, Hey, I saw this and you'll see that in other periodicals, right. Is they do like key points at the top. They really give you. So I think that's a big one. We talked about that before. Um, I think it is, um, uh, you know, you kind of mentioned it before as well. Like I, I try to, I, I, for my part, I try to never have opinions in my blog pieces, right? I don't feel like people come to me. I, there's blogs out there where people come to people for their opinions, right? People come to me for legal analysis and they come to me for counsel, right? Um, so whether I think a particular privacy law is good or not. Um, I try to, I'm sure there's times where I've, I've said something, right. But I try to keep my opinions to myself. I don't, I don't view the format as being an opinion based format. I view it as this just happened. And this is the relevancy to you as the, as the client or, or entity out there that's reading this, right. That's the goal. So, you know, this is not, you know, read my read my blog posts and like, you know, where I stand on something. This is we bring value to clients. And I think if you looked at prism of like, how do you bring value to those around to those who are reading your information that pays off in the long run? Yeah. And I assume there's an, a difference between opinion and analysis. I mean, do, do, you, do you write about the news and say this is how it could impact you or this is why it could potentially be important? Yeah. So for, for example, right here, I'll give you an example, right? So um, Virginia's privacy law that they just passed, right? Is the analysis is that bill is a more business friendly bill than the one that it stole from, which is the Washington Privacy Act, right? And the reason it is, is because the exemptions that are in place in the Virginia bill are broader than the exemptions in the Washington bill, right? That is analysis. Opinion would be Virginia is in the pocket of 
the business, you know, advocates and they're, you know, they're not respecting privacy rights, right? You know, I'm just, it's not my, I'm just saying like to say it out there, right? That's the difference, right? I mean, one respect, you're telling people something they need to know. And the other respect is, you know, in, in the prism from which to understand what's happening. The other respect is just to say like, you know, my personal opinion is this isn't, you know, this is X, Y, and Z, those types of things. Yeah. Uh, here's a loaded question. Do you, do you enjoy blogging or do you just kind of see it as part of the job? Depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, well, I, I mean, here, here, here's that. So we, we go from times of heavy blogging and light blogging, right? We are right now in a very heavy space, right? And um, it's so just an had a lot of, of posts up recently. I've noticed. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, things are happening. Right. And, you know, if, if, a, if a state legislature is, is passes, like if one chamber passes something on privacy law, I, I think people want to know. I'm not writing on every committee hearing that happens. Right. But I'll do the weekly update. And the, the weekly update will say, hey, guys, you know, these three things happened. Right. And capture it that way. But I, I think there is a, 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 a real extreme interest in what's going on in the state level of privacy laws. And I think we, we, I can tell you there is, and we've seen it right with our readership and, and the webinar attendance. Like we know it's there. So I know I'm in a heavy period, right? Um, there was one week where, you know, we, tr- we, we, we only push out one piece a day. That's, that's the rule. We're only going to push out one piece a day. We're not going to like, we want everything to be a headline and have that relevancy. We don't like the buried pieces. So there was one where I had a piece and I was trying to get it out. And like, we just kept them having to push it back and back and back because people just kept doing stuff. Right? Was, you know, so I'll say is like, it's kind of fun in the sense like that something happens, we can get up there. We can be first to market on something. We can, you know, be sort of that like breaking news and it feels like it's kind of fun. Um, but there also is that sort of, you know, oh, come on. I can't believe something else just happened. I was really going to enjoy, you know doing something else tonight rather than writing a blog piece. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Been there, done that. Um, yeah. David, I, anything else that you'd like to uh, say about blogging uh, that we haven't talked about or that you've just been uh, chomping at the bit to get out during the course of this conversation uh, or any other advice for somebody considering starting a blog? Yeah. Well, maybe I was, you know, the last thing you said there was, what was kind of coming to mind, right. Is um, I think it's a, you know, this opportunity, the blogging opportunity, is something that I think um, I, I wish I had it when I was a junior uh, attorney, right? Um, I just think it just didn't quite exist in this format like we talked about before, right? And what I would say to you know junior attorneys who are out there who are and even people who are, who are you know trying to think about creating their own blog, it, it is it is it has it has value, right? Like many things in life, you got to do it right. Um, and be cognizant and think I, I, we spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, content and delivery and all those types of things, just like you would, you know, if you were, if you were a newspaper, right. And those types of things. Um, but I think in particular for, for junior attorneys who are, who are thinking about, well, how is it that I'm going to make a name for myself in this space? Or how is it that I'm going to develop expertise? Or how is it that, you know, I can start developing my own resume. This is a great avenue. Right. And I would say, too, is like I think most blogs out there are looking for content. Most firm blogs are looking for content. And, you know, certainly if you're willing to put in the time, I think you'd get a receptive audience from the, from people inside your firm. And I think it all pays off. It's like you said, it tends to be non-billable. It tends to be, you know, uh, nights and weekends type of stuff. But, you know, if you're willing to spend all this time, energy becoming an attorney, 
uh, why not, right? Why not put a little more time and energy into doing into doing the blogging? Yep. It's a powerful way to, to build up a, a reputation and, and get noticed and get recognized. So. Well, David, thank you very much. I really appreciate your taking the time to discuss uh, Bite Back with us here on This Week in Legal Blogging. Well, thanks for having me. We've been speaking with David Staus, who's a partner at Hush Blackwell, where he practices data privacy and cybersecurity law. And he is the editor of the firm's blog, Bite Back, which you can check out at bitebacklaw.com. And that's B-Y-T-E-backlaw.com. Uh, that's it for this episode of This Week in Legal Blogging. This is Bob Ambrogi on behalf of everybody at Lex Blog. Thanks for listening. See you next time.